Welcome to the Enchanted Library, where we turn the pages of books, beautiful and old, living and magical. It's time to curl up, get cozy, and join us on an adventure. Today we're reading from 50 Famous Stories Retold by James Baldwin. The Endless Tale In the far east there was a great king who had no work to do. Every day and all day long he sat on soft cushions and listened to stories, and no matter what the story was about, he never grew tired of hearing it, even though it was very long. There is only one fault that I find with your story, he often said. It is too short. All the storytellers in the world were invited to his palace, and some of them told tales that were very long indeed, but the king was always sad when a story was ended. At last he sent word into every city and town and country place, offering a prize to anyone who should tell him an endless tale. He said, To the man that will tell me a story which shall last forever, I will give my fairest daughter for his wife, and I will make him my heir, and he shall be king after me. But this was not all. He added a very hard condition. If any man shall try to tell such a story and then fail, he shall have his head cut off. The king's daughter was very pretty, and there were many young men in that country who were willing to do anything to win her. But none of them wanted to lose their heads, so only a few tried for the prize. One young man invented a story that lasted three months, but at the end of that time he could think of nothing more. His fate was a warning to others, and it was a long time before another storyteller was so rash as to try the king's patience. But one day a stranger from the south came into the palace. "'Great king,' he said, "'is it true that you offer a prize to the man who can tell a story that has no end?' "'It is true,' said the king. "'And shall this man have your fairest daughter for his wife, and shall he be your heir?' "'Yes, if he succeeds,' said the king. "'But if he fails, he shall lose his head.' "'Very well, then,' said the stranger. "'I have a pleasant story about locusts, which I would like to relate.' "'Tell it,' said the king. "'I will listen to you.' The storyteller began his tale. "'Once upon a time a certain king seized upon all the corn in his country "'and stored it away in a strong granary.' But a swarm of locusts came over the land and saw where the grain had been put. After searching for many days, they found on the east side of the granary a crevice that was just large enough for one locust to pass through at a time. So one locust went in and carried away a grain of corn. Then another locust went in and carried away a grain of corn. Then another locust went in and carried away a grain of corn. Day after day, week after week, the man kept on saying, and then another locust went in and carried away a grain of corn. A month passed. A year passed. At the end of two years, the king said, How much longer will the locusts be going in and carrying away corn? Oh, king, said the storyteller, they have, as of yet, cleared only one cubit, and there are many thousand cubits in the granary. "'Man, man!' cried the king. "'You will drive me mad. "'I can listen to it no longer. "'Take my daughter, be my heir, rule my kingdom. 
but do not let me hear another word about those horrible locusts. And so the strange storyteller married the king's daughter, and he lived happily in the land for many years. But his father-in-law, the king, did not care to listen to any more stories. The Blind Men and the Elephant There were once six blind men who stood by the roadside every day and begged from the people who passed. They had often heard of elephants, but they had never seen one, for, being blind, how could they? It so happened one morning that an elephant was driven down the road where they stood. When they were told that the great beast was before them, they asked the driver to let him stop so that they might see him. Of course, they could not see him with their eyes, but they thought that by touching him they could learn just what kind of animal he was. The first one happened to put his hand on the elephant's side. "'Well, well,' he said, "'now I know all about this beast. He is exactly like a wall.' The second felt only of the elephant's tusk. "'My brother,' he said, "'you are mistaken. He is not at all like a wall. He is round and smooth and sharp.' He is more like a spear than anything else. The third happened to take hold of the elephant's trunk. Both of you are wrong, he said. Anybody who knows anything can see that this elephant is like a snake. The fourth reached out his arms and grasped one of the elephant's legs. Oh, how blind you are, he said. It is very plain to me that he is round and tall like a tree. The fifth was a very tall man, and he chanced to take hold of the elephant's ear. "'The blindest man ought to know that this beast is not like any of the things you name,' he said. "'He is exactly like a huge fan.' "'The sixth was very blind indeed, and it was some time before he could find the elephant at all. "'At last he seized the animal's tail. "'Oh, foolish fellows!' he cried. "'You surely have lost your senses. "'This elephant is not like a wall, or a spear, or a snake, or a tree. "'Neither is he like a fan.' But any man with a particle of sense can see he is exactly like a rope. Then the elephant moved on, and the six blind men sat by the roadside all day and quarreled about him. Each believed that he knew just how the animal looked, and each called the other hard names because they did not agree with him. People who have eyes sometimes act as foolishly. Maximilian and the Goose Boy one summer, King Maximilian of Bavaria was walking in the country. The sun shone hot, and he stopped under a tree to rest. It was very pleasant in the cool shade. The king lay down on the soft grass and looked up at the white clouds sailing across the sky. Then he took a little book from his pocket and tried to read. But the king could not keep his mind on his book. Soon his eyes closed and he was fast asleep. It was past noon when he awoke. He got up from his grassy bed and looked around. Then he took his cane in his hand and started for home. When he had walked a mile or more, he happened to think of his book. He felt for it in his pocket. It was not there. He had left it under the tree. The king was already quite tired, and he did not like to walk back so far. But he did not wish to lose the book. What should he do? If there was only someone to send for it. While he was thinking, he happened to see a little barefooted boy in the open field near the road. He was tending a large flock of geese that were picking the short grass and wading in a shallow brook. The king went toward the boy. He held a gold piece in his hand. "'My boy,' he said, 
How would you like to have this piece of money? I would like it, said the boy, but I never hope to have so much. You shall have it if you will run back to the oak tree at the second turning of the road and fetch me the book that I left there. The king thought the boy would be pleased, but not so. He turned away and said, I am not so silly as you think. What do you mean, said the king? Who says that you are silly? Well, said the boy, you think I am silly enough to believe that you will give me that gold piece for running a mile and fetching a book. You can't catch me. But if I give it to you now, perhaps you will believe me, said the king, and he put the gold piece into the little fellow's hand. The boy's eyes sparkled, but he did not move. What's the matter now, said the king, won't you go? The boy said, I would like to go, but I can't leave the geese. They will stray away, and then I shall be blamed for it. Oh, I will tend them while you are away, said the king. The boy laughed. I should like to see you tending them, he said. Why, they would run away from you in a minute. Only let me try, said the king. At last the boy gave the king his whip and started off. He had gone but a little way when he turned and came back. What is the matter now, said Maximilian. Crack the whip. The king tried to do as he was bidden, but he could not make a sound. I thought as much, said the boy. You don't know how to do anything. Then he took the whip and gave the king lessons in whip-cracking. Now you see how it is done, he said, as he handed it back. If the geese try to run away, crack it loud. The king laughed. He did his best to learn his lesson, and soon the boy again started off on his errand. Maximilian sat down on a stone and laughed at the thought of being a goose herd. But the geese missed their master at once. With a great cackling and hissing they went, half flying, half running across the meadow. The king ran after them, but he could not run fast. He tried to crack the whip, but it was of no use. The geese were soon far away. What was worse, they had gotten into a garden and were feeding on the tender vegetables. A few minutes afterward, the goose boy came back with the book. "'Just as I thought,' he said, "'I have found the book, and you have lost the geese.' "'Never mind,' said the king. "'I will help you get them again. "'Well, then, run around that way and stand by the brook "'while I drive them out of the garden.' The king did as he was told. The boy ran forward with his whip, and after a great deal of shouting and scolding, the geese were driven back into the meadow. "'I hope you will pardon me for not being a better goose-herd,' said Maximilian. "'But, as I am a king, I am not used to such work.' "'A king, indeed,' said the boy. "'I was very silly to leave the geese with you, "'but I am not so silly as to believe that you are a king.' "'Very well,' said Maximilian with a smile. "'Here is another gold piece, and now let us be friends.' "'The boy took the gold and thanked the giver. "'He looked up into the king's face and said,' You are a very kind man, and I think you might be a good king, but if you were to try all your life, you would never be a good goose herd. The Inchcape Rock In the North Sea there is a great rock called the Inchcape Rock. It is twelve miles from any land, and is covered most of the time with water. Many boats and ships have been wrecked on that rock, for it is so near the top of the water that no vessel can sail over it without striking it, more than a hundred years ago, there lived not far away a kind-hearted man who was called the abbot of Aberbrothok. It is a pity, he said, that so many brave sailors should lose their lives on that hidden rock. 
so the abbot caused a buoy to be fastened to the rock. The buoy floated back and forth in the shallow water. A strong chain kept it from floating away. On the top of the buoy the abbot placed a bell, and when the waves dashed against it the bell would ring out loud and clear. Sailors now were no longer afraid to cross the sea at that place. When they heard the bell ringing they knew just where the rock was and they steered their vessels around it. God bless the good abbot of Aberbrothock, they all said. One calm summer day, a ship with a black flag happened to sail not far from the Inchcape Rock. The ship belonged to a sea robber called Ralph the Rover, and she was a terror to all honest people both on sea and shore. There was but a little wind that day, and the sea was as smooth as glass. The ship stood almost still. There was hardly a breath of air to fill her sails. Ralph the Rover was walking on the deck. He looked out upon the glassy sea. He saw the buoy floating above the Inchcape Rock. It looked like a big black speck upon the water. But the bell was not ringing that day. There were no waves to set it in motion. "'Boys!' cried Ralph the Rover. "'Put out the boat and row me to the Inchcape Rock. We will play a trick on the old abbot.' The boat was lowered. Strong arms soon rowed it to the Inchcape Rock. Then the robber, with a heavy axe, broke the chain that held the buoy. He cut the fastenings of the bell. It fell into the water. There was a gurgling sound as it sank out of sight. "'The next one that comes this way will not bless the abbot,' said Ralph the Rover. Soon a breeze sprang up, and the black ship sailed away. The sea robber laughed as he looked back and saw there was nothing to mark the place of the hidden rock. For many days Ralph the Rover scoured the seas, and many were the ships that he plundered. At last he chanced to sail back toward the place from which he had started. The wind had blown hard all day. The waves rolled high. The ship was moving swiftly. But in the evening the wind died away, and a thick fog came on. Ralph the Rover walked the deck. He could not see where the ship was going. "'If only the fog would clear away,' he said." "'I thought I heard the roar of breakers,' said the pilot. "'We must be near the shore.' "'I cannot tell,' said Ralph the Rover. "'But I think we are not far from the Inchcape Rock. "'I wish we could hear the good abbot's bell.' "'The next moment there was a great crash. "'It is the Inchcape Rock,' the sailors cried, "'as the ship gave a lurch to one side and began to sink. "'Oh, what a wretch am I!' cried Ralph the Rover. "'This is what comes of the joke I played on the good abbot.' What was it that he heard as the waves rushed over him? Was it the abbot's bell ringing for him far down at the bottom of the sea? Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share our podcast with a friend. Stay connected by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash enchantedlibrary. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash enchantedlibrary. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends, happy reading.